Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 140. Yep, 140 straight weeks of the Xbox and 10 podcast. Your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all are in an Xbox-related fun fact together. This show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe on your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. To start, let's talk game releases. There were no big games out last week because the storm is a starting with the big game releases in February, which includes starting next week, we can play Dynabomb, Life is Strange Remastered Collection. Very excited about that. Webbed, The Dead Tree of Richinawa, The Sealed and Pole, Ambitious Record, Crocs World Construction Kit 2, and the long-awaited Dying Light 2, Stay Human. We have some new games with gold for the month of February, and as usual, they are a bit of a disappointment, but that's why we have Game Pass. However, you can't complain about free, so starting on February 1st to the 28th, you can play Broken Sword 5 The Serpent's Course from Xbox One. Also on Xbox One from February 16th to March 15th, Aerial Knights Never Yield. From the 360, you can play Hydrophobia, available from February 1st to the 15th, and Band of Bugs, available from February 16th to the 28th. Now onto last week's biggest news stories, and we have eight to cover this week. Number one, Certain Affinity may be working on a new Halo Infinite mode as well as an Xbox Monster Hunter clone. Latest claims file report about secretive Microsoft project. Tom Ivan at VGC writes, Certain Affinity could be working on a new game mode for Halo Infinite, it's been claimed. The prolific support studio, which is based in Austin, Texas, has collaborated on installments in the Halo and Call of Duty franchises since 2007, as well as shooters Left 4 Dead and Doom. Windows Central says it's received hints that the studio may be developing a new game mode for Halo Infinite, which could be the shooter's take on Battle Royale or something else entirely. The report also backs up claims that Xbox is working on a Monster Hunter-style co-op game with certain affinity. On Thursday, GamesBeat journalist Jeff Grubb said in a giant bombshell that Certain Affinity had teamed up with Microsoft to make, quote, a Monster Hunter clone, end quote, designed to offer a greater variety in its Game Pass lineup. Quote, they're like, we probably can't get Monster Hunter on Game Pass, that would be pretty expensive, but we definitely want a game like that, because we see the potential for that to grow and be a thing with long-term support, end quote, he said. Windows Central's Jez Gordon said he had been informed about Certain Affinity's Monster Hunter-style game, which is reportedly co-named Project Suerte. His sources suggest that the project has been in development since the summer of 2020 and that it's likely planned to be revealed next year ahead of a release in 2024. During Microsoft's quarterly earnings call on Tuesday, CEO Satya Nadella said Halo Infinite has enjoyed the best launch in the franchise's history, attracting over 20 million players since its Xbox, PC, and Game Pass release in December. Also on that, Forza Horizon 5 has also registered 18 million players since its release for the same platforms in November. First off, credit to Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5 on the best launches in the series and huge ones for Xbox as a whole. This is very exciting. I need a new Battle Royale to get into, and Halo Infinite I think is perfect for a Battle Royale mod, so I hope those rumors are true. As for this Monster Hunter clone, it's just exciting to see and hear about all these rumored games that Xbox has in the pipeline over the next couple years. There are just going to be too many games to play, especially if you're a Game Pass subscriber, so let's hope it looks like something good. Number two. Halo Infinite's Battle Pass including premium credits next season. Petrina Rodovic at Polygon writes, On Friday, 343 Industries announced updates to Halo Infinite, most notably players will be able to earn credits from the game's Battle Pass. Starting with Season 2 scheduled to launch in May, players can earn credits as part of the game progression. More information will be available closer to Season 2. The multiplayer version of Halo Infinite launched in November, and while reception was positive, the Battle Pass system was met with much frustration. 
Since then, 343 Industries has been slowly tweaking the way it works, including revamping the XP and speeding up progression. Additionally, 343 Industries said that they will be reevaluating the shop as a whole and focus on reducing prices, as well as offering individual items outside of bundles. There will also be changes to the Big Team Battle matchmaking system, which will start rolling out on Tuesday. And if you want more information, check out the Halo forums. A short little news story I wanted to highlight just to highlight all the good work 343 has been doing for the stuff that they did get wrong with the Halo Infinite launch. Thankfully it was none of the gameplay, just some of the background support systems such as the Battle Pass, online infrastructure, playlists, and all that. But they're responding, they're working on it, and they seem to be making the right improvements. Number 3. Respawn working on three new Star Wars games, including Jedi Fallen Order sequel. Cat Bailey at IGN writes, EA is far from finished with the Star Wars universe. The publisher is working on three new Star Wars games, all of which are being overseen in one form or another by developer Respawn Entertainment. The games comprise a sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, an FPS, and a strategy game. No release dates have been offered for any of the new games. The new game in the Star Wars Jedi series, which was confirmed to be the start of a franchise shortly after its 2019 release, will once again be directed by Stig Amundsen, who led development of the first game as well as God of War 3. The Jedi Fallen Order sequel will be joined by two additional games set in the Star Wars universe, both of them yet untitled. One will be a first-person shooter led by Peter Hirschman, who previously served as VP of Development at LucasArts, has a long history of working with Lucasfilm, and co-created Medal of Honor. The other will be a strategy game developed by Bitreactor, a recently formed studio composed of Firaxis Games veterans, best known for their work on the XCOM franchise. Bitreactor will work closely with Respawn on the new project. Respawn founder and group GM Vince Zampella will oversee this three-game initiative which EA characterizes as, quote, a new phase of EA's relationship with Lucasfilm, end quote. Just being on such a high with Star Wars, I'm such a big fan. I know there's a lot of bad, but there's also a lot of good in it, and I can't wait to see what these games are. I love the story in Jedi Fallen Order, even though I wasn't the best at the gameplay. Love to see where that story is going to be headed, and I hope to God it's a good FPS. Thankfully, we can trust in Respawn. They have not let us wrong thus far, so I can't wait to see what these games look like in the years to come. Number 4, Call of Duty's next three games, including Warzone 2, will launch on PlayStation. Report. Sean Carey at True Achievements writes, Despite Microsoft's agreement to acquire Activision Blizzard, the next three Call of Duty games, including a quote, new iteration, end quote, of the free-to-play Call of Duty Warzone will all reportedly launch on PlayStation consoles. Recently, Sony commented on the acquisition, saying it expected Microsoft to quote, abide by contractual agreements, end quote, and continue to release Activision games on PlayStation. Microsoft's gaming CEO Phil Spencer then announced that Microsoft would honor all existing agreements and that the team had a quote, desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation, end quote. Now a report from Bloomberg's Jason Schreier seemingly sheds a little more light on what these existing agreements might be. According to four anonymous sources in Bloomberg's report, Activision Blizzard, quote, had already committed to make the next few Call of Duty games available on Sony's console, end quote. This will include 2022's Call of Duty release, expected to be a new entry in the Modern Warfare series, Call of Duty 2023, and a new iteration of Call of Duty Warzone also set to launch in 2023. After these releases, whether or not new Call of Duty games will continue to be made available on PlayStation platforms is unclear. In other Call of Duty news, Activision Blizzard execs are reportedly considering moving away from annual releases for the franchise. So lots to take in here. Obviously the biggest thing to come out of these reports over the last week is Warzone 2. This has me very excited. I was addicted to Warzone when it first came out. It's still really good, I just don't like that new Pacific map. However, this is ideally being built from the ground up for next-gen consoles and that's where my excitement lies. I don't care so much if the Call of Duty games coming next over the next couple of years are on PlayStation. I do believe eventually they will be made exclusive. I don't think Microsoft pays all that money to put games like this on Sony's platform. 
However, I'm gonna get these games on Game Pass, so how can I complain? Number five, Warner Bros. reiterates that Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knights will arrive this year. Ryan Leston IGN writes, it's official, Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knights are still coming this year. Warner Media CEO Jason Kalar confirmed on Twitter that both games will be released later this year as part of the company's plans. Quote, if you want to know what motivates us as a team, it's this mission. And quote, he said alongside an image which states, quote, to move the world through story. This mission, this strategy continues in 2022 with the sense of urgency launching HBO Max in many more countries this quarter and the balance of the year launching CNN Plus and delivering of a full state of highly anticipated games, end quote. Of course, these games he refers to are Hogwarts Legacy and Gotham Knights. Really interesting to see him come out and say this, but I don't know how much I can trust it. He's probably trying to look good for the shareholders because a lot of reporting does not believe Gotham Knights and Legacy will be coming out this year. But if you're interested in those games, here's to hoping they do come out this year and they are polished when they do so. Number six, Crisis 4 announced, currently in early development. Tom West at True Achievements writes, Crytek has announced that the next installment of Crisis is in development and has dropped a short teaser trailer of the upcoming game. While it's still early days for any real details about Crisis 4, Crytek has revealed that the game is in the early stages of development. It also noted on the teaser's trailer title that Crisis 4 is a working title, so there's a chance it could be changed. Aside from the team working hard to bring you a truly next-gen shooter, there isn't any other information to reveal the nature of this next installment. Even the teaser is light on anything of substance and leaves itself open for speculation, as any good teaser should. It does feature what looks to be the series-famed nanotechnology, some form of apocalyptic event, and the words, quote, join the journey, become the hero, end quote. It's cool to see this. Crisis 3, I believe, and 2 were some games I picked up on the 360, and I really enjoyed my time with it. I was surprised by how fun the gameplay was. However, I never played the infamous Crisis 1 on PC to really see how those graphics looked and benchmarked against. I am mildly interested in Crisis 4, but this game is years away. Number 7. Elder Scrolls Online Legacy of the Bretons revealed along with a new card game. Cat Bailey at IGN writes, Elder Scrolls Online's next expansion will be headed to a brand new region. Earlier today, ZeniMax Online announced the Elder Scrolls Online Legacy of the Bretons, a new DLC set that will take the popular MMO to the never-before-explored Citrus Archipelago. The expansion was introduced via a new trailer that you can watch. It serves to set the mood for a more traditional medieval fantasy this time around. Spotlighting the Bretons in a story that will focus more on the politics between the world's various factions. Quote, the Bretons are the one race that has never really had an opportunity to shine in the sun, end quote. Elder Scrolls Online creative director, Rich Lambert, said in a recent interview with PC Gamer. Quote, they've never had a spotlight in any Elder Scrolls game. Even when we did bits and pieces of them in Glenora and Stormhaven, we never really focused on their culture, so that was something we really wanted to rectify, end quote. In addition to Cloak and Dagger politics, Legacy of the Bretons will introduce a new card game in the vein of Gwent, Triple Triad, and other in-game CCGs. Called Trails of Tribute, it will allow players to take on both NPCs and ranked opponents. Players will be provided with four starter packs that could be earned by completing a tutorial. The new expansion will begin in March with the Ascending Tide DLC, which will add two new dungeons and provide backstory for the new content. It will be followed by the High Isle chapter, which will begin the expansion proper. This is a game I had to share given how many millions of people play the game every day. I for one am not into this MMO, although I've been really intrigued to try it on Xbox. However, time is thin. And number eight. See if these sets out its next year of updates, including an in-game murder mystery. Ryan Leston at IGN writes, See if these has laid out its coming year's worth of updates and includes brand new adventures, a murder mystery, and the closure of the game's arena mode. Revealed today as part of a 2022 preview, See if these is getting changes to its seasons as well as new adventures and mysteries. 
Adventures are new narrative-led live events designed to offer new story content more frequently, with each adventure part of a wider storyline that the player base will directly affect with their actions. The plan, according to creative director Mike Chapman, is to release one adventure every month with each lasting around two weeks. Additionally, each season will include a major adventure that ties together plot threads and move one of the game's larger stories forward. Mysteries, on the other hand, are a new storytelling style that will take place both inside and outside the game, adding side quests and ARG elements. New clues will be added as players begin to solve the mysteries. Quote, mysteries are something that we're super excited about, end quote, said executive producer Joe Neat. Quote, these are going to be stories that players are going to have to work together to uncover, and this will happen in and out of game. In terms of clues being released, and they will evolve over a longer time period than a typical adventure will. We're going to be teasing and hinting at how people are solving this and people figuring this stuff out, adding Mike Chapman, and quote. Quote, once the right move to move this forward, it's based on players uncovering the next stages of these mysteries, end quote. What exactly will these new mysteries be about? Quote, we will see certain genres fitting really well in terms of mystery storytelling, end quote, said senior designer Chris Davies. Quote, so you've got murder mysteries, whodunits, ghost stories that certainly take inspiration from those kinds of mysteries in other media, end quote. Although little has been released about them for obvious reasons, the first mystery will involve players solving the murder of a well-known character in Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves Season 6 will begin in March 2022 and will introduce these new adventures and mysteries as well as six new sea forts to the game. This is really cool to see how much they really are building upon this game for the millions of players that are playing this every day. I for one am not one of them, but I was so intrigued when this game first came out, had a couple great nights and a couple great stories to build with my friends. I'd love to find more time to get back into this, and the idea of the mystery sounds very cool, so I can't wait to see more on that later this year. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and this one is going to be about some feedback for 2022, so credit to Jez Corden and a poll he conducted at Windows Central. A survey was conducted involving roughly 1,000 Xbox players, and these were some of the biggest problems that they had. 16% said Xbox OS problems, 17% game DVR problems, 14% said Japanese game support, 12% said first-party games improvements, 8% said achievement system improvements, 5% said family pass for Xbox Game Pass, 2% for crossplay problems, and there's a few others. But I did want to highlight some of the biggest issues. It seems like a lot of people want that first-party games, they want that Japanese game support, so what does this say? It's all about the games and something Xbox should have been focusing on since the Xbox One, but thanks to Big Daddy Phil for riding the ship and getting us on the right track back to it. Thank you all for listening to the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes or longer like a leak like this when there is just so much big news to cover. If you like the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast service. Do me a favor, share it with your friends, and please leave a review. It really does help. And follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I've admittedly not played much of my Xbox as I'm continuing my journey through Ghost of Tsushima. Really great game, Xbox needs games like this on their platform. Also, while I was recording this, I did download Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus, however you say that. I'm an old school Pokemon fan. Pokemon Red and Blue are arguably my top five favorite games of all time, and I'm really intrigued to see how this game changes up the formula because it doesn't just look like the same old game we've been getting for 15 years. My name is Brandon Rose, you can follow me on Xbox at Bros at 93. Hope you all have a great week, stay safe, and keep on gaming.